When I was younger, about this time of year, the phone calls would begin. My grandfather would be calling my grandmother, saying, well, it's almost time. And my mother would say, yes, we know, we know, call us when it is time. Don't, don't, don't have to worry, we'll be there. And of course, a day or two later, the call would come, it's almost time. My grandfather, when they moved into town, had a grapevine, a trellis. As a young kid, we thought it was as big as a mansion. It was probably the size of a garden shed. During the uh, hot summer days, when we were really young and go and visit grandma and grandpa, we would crawl under that trellis and enjoy the shade of the vines. But about this time of year, every year, he would start calling and saying, it's almost time to prune the grapevines. And he, I was his slave of choice, perhaps, is the word. But I enjoyed it, I have to admit. And I would give anything to be back there at that grapevine with the pruning shears in hand with my grandpa. He taught me so much about grapes that this passage just comes to life for me. And I find it fitting, too. After all, in the Psalms, we hear time and again, well, throughout the, the whole of scriptures, time and again, that God has planted Israel like a grapevine to produce fruit. Or God has created a vineyard and set up the towers. Let me sing the song of the vineyard. Or elsewhere in the parables, how God has planted a vine. There's something beautiful about this. And my, my grandfather, he was so worried about the pruning of the vines because he knew something that we only began to understand after he passed. That a grapevine needed to be tended. Every year it needed to be pruned. And I remember one particular time, I was probably seven or eight at the time, and there was a, a branch of the vine that was about five, six feet long. It was beautiful. Leaves all along it. Grandpa, why do you want this one pruned? He said, look, there's nowhere along this vine that's going to produce fruit. All it's doing is producing leaves. It's not grape leaves we're looking for. I know there's a Greek dish that involves grape leaves, by the way, but uh, that was not, my grandparents were not Greek, they were German. So prune it off. Why should we allow this branch to take the energy that the vine needs in order to produce fruit? So we trimmed it off. And of course, year after year, we would trim off the dead branches. And sometimes, as that vine grew, it, was, it would be a little too thick. And so in order to produce better fruit, we would thin it out a little bit. Of course, in the fall, the calls would begin about two weeks, three weeks before harvest. It's almost time, yes, tell us when it's closer. And the day later, it's almost time, and we would go up and harvest that fruit. And I remember with fondness, Grandma in the basement of their house, pressing the grapes. I can even smell it if I close my eyes and imagine Grape juice has a particular smell. And we would make grape juice 
and she would can it, and we would drink that grape juice when we'd come up to visit. Every once in a while, they, uh, every maybe two years or whatever, they would put some of that grape juice aside and let it ferment a little bit. And at Christmas time, all the adults would have a cup of wine. And to be honest, sometimes they'd give the grandkids a little sip, just enough that we knew this is what all that work was about. Like I said, I'd give anything to be there because it was there that I began to understand how much God loves us. God is a vine grower. Christ is the vine. We are the branches. And this parable, this parable really it is. We are to be connected to Christ. We are connected to Christ to bear good fruit. And sometimes we might ask, well, why do these bad things happen? But that's God's pruning action in our lives. Sometimes there's just bad things that happen. But God is still with us. And if we stay connected to the Lord, even those bad things turn out for the Lord. They become something better. Or we might ask, well, why is it that year after year we keep coming and hearing the same gospel passages? Maybe you know this, but every three years if we go to Mass every weekend, we hear the entirety of the four Gospels. Almost the entirety. It's like 95%. But Why is it that we, year after year, hear the same thing? Why is it that we need to be reminded time and again of what the Church teaches? It's not that we're necessarily forgetful, although sometimes we are, if we're honest. But it is by this action that Christ prunes us. As we hear, hear, you're already pruned because of the word I spoke to you. Just as the apostles needed that word to be spoken to them, so do we need it. And all of this is because the Lord wants to prune us. He wants us to bear fruit. See, for the very same reasons my grandfather would prune that grapevine, Christ prunes us. Sometimes there's dead branches in us that the Lord wants to prune away because they are dead. Sometimes those branches are not going to produce fruit. For some of us in our discerning our vocation, especially, sometimes we had to do that. I, every once in a while, as vocation director, I would come across a young man that had so many talents, not talking about the, the men that we have with us uh, in, in seminary from our parishes today. We have one with us today, I see. But, but I, when there's so many branches that they could go down as far as education, lawyers, doctors, pilots, whatever it is, it's really hard. And they have to trace out where is the best fruit and trim off the branches thin them out a little bit because fruit is not going to set fully if there's so many. And that's a hard process. But the Lord desires that. And sometimes, as hard as it is, we realize that we're the ones that are being unfruitful. Maybe the Lord is trimming us that way. 
but we need to be and remain grafted to Christ. See, there's something else about this process of pruning. As I already said, my grandfather died uh, in 93. Shortly after that, I went back to town for whatever reason. Somebody had bought the house, moved in, because my grandfather was in the nursing home the last year of his life, and I was in college. The calls did not come. There was no one to prune that vine. Shortly after, the new house owner did not prune the vine. And for about five years, there was no pruning. And about a year later, the vine was dead. It ceased to produce fruit, completely overgrown, with branches that would not produce fruit. They tore it out. And I remember with sadness looking across the playground from the rectory at St. Anne's to my grand, what was my grandfather's backyard and not seeing that trellis and realizing this is what happens if there is not pruning of the grapevine, if there is not good care provided. And this is the love that God the Father continues to provide for us. If Israel is the vine that God has planted, then he continues to care for that vine. And he's grafted us as Christians onto that vine. We who are not Jewish by ancestry, Jewish by spirituality, if we pay attention even in a little bit, we'll hear a very Jewish prayer. Blessed are you, Lord God. But we are grafted on, and the Lord continues to tend to us, to prune us, to take care of us. Why? Because he wants fruit. And that, that idea of fruit is, of course, very common in, in John's Gospel especially. But we see it even in today's first reading as Saul, who is to become St. Paul, comes to the apostles. The disciples want nothing to do with him until Barnabas starts showing them. He has a real conversion. They start to show that Saul has had fruit that he's encountered Christ and he's allowed that pruning that Christ gave him, that Christ pruned off that murderous breathing spirit that he had. No longer was he seeking to put Christians in jail to death, but rather was seeking to proclaim Jesus Christ. And only when they saw that fruit did he, was he allowed to travel openly with them. And of course, more fruit came as then he was sent forth to the Gentiles. Or in today's second reading, how St. John encourages us not to love just in word and speech, but in deed and truth. I think with fondness. In all those years, I helped my grandfather with that vine, or mowing the lawn, killing the dandelions, cleaning his basement, whatever it was, whatever other task it was, not once. And I say this with absolute love, but not once did he say he loved me. But not once did I ever doubt. Because he loved indeed. He loved by showing the deed. He loved by wanting to spend time with me. And I thank God for that. Like I said, I would do anything to have a brief moment with him again. These last years, I began to understand how much of a role he's had in my life. 
He was, is, remains an example of God to me, as so many of us have had others. But he reminds us, God reminds us, Jesus reminds us, that we need to bear fruit. Sometimes it's acts of love. Sometimes it's acts of mercy. Sometimes it's acts of faith, where we just simply share Jesus Christ with another person. And whatever it is, whatever fruit it is in our life, he's going to prune us so that we produce more. See, in a way, God is kind of greedy that way. He wants more fruit. And he knows that a well-tended vine, branches that remain connected to that vine, will overproduce, will do even more than they could if left alone. Yes, God continues to prune each of us. He continues to nurture us, to nourish us, to love us. And so let us bear fruit in words, yes, but more importantly in deeds and in truth.